the commission that you charge to your clients has nothing to do with the amount of effort or energy that you have put into the transaction. I just closed on the biggest listing sale I've ever made. $1.45 million sale. Can you believe it? No. It's crazy. That is crazy. Three and a half percent commission. Uh Uh-huh. $50,000 commission. I just, I'm still in shock that I was able to complete a transaction that compensated me at that level. So I want to share it with you. Yeah, absolutely. And help you and and get some insight as to why it's okay that that sale went down and and how I was able to earn the sale. Mm -hmm. And I feel really good about it, actually. One of the things that we hear as an agent a lot is we hear that we're not worth what we charge. Mm-hmm. And some people say, they'll say, well, Logan, why should you have made that amount when you did the same amount of work for another listing that was only one-tenth of the price? Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. And that's an objection that you might get as an agent. So it's important that you as the agent understand how to respond to that and what to say and how to really feel about it. Here it is. The commission that you charge to your clients has nothing to do with the amount of effort or energy that you have put into the transaction. Right. The commission you charge to your clients is based on the value of the contract that you present and you collect for them. Mm -hmm. Let me say that again. The value of the commission is based on the value of the contract. So what that means is, I'll give you an example. If I sell your house, mm-hmm. Lowell, for $100,000, is that worth $3,000 of a commission to you? Sure. Yeah. If I sold your house for $500,000, wouldn't that be worth more to you mm-hmm. than the $100,000 sale? Absolutely. In other words, the value of the contract that you generate is what your commission is based on. So, of course, mm-hmm. the, the higher the value of the contract, the more it's worth to the person who pays you to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's hard to understand and it's hard to get your head around, but it's the truth. Okay. Uh, when you go to dinner and you leave a tip, Mm -hmm. it's based on the value of the dinner. Absolutely. And in some parts based on the service, but it's, it starts with the value of the dinner. If you have a $50 dinner, you tip 20%, you know, versus if you have a $500 lobster steak dinner, right. You're going to tip more. Exactly. Now, hold on. The waiter did the same amount of work on both deals. Why does the waiter get more? It's because the waiter generated more more value. Right. And it's the same thing with the commission. It's really hard to get your head around that. It's really hard to justify that. And it's hard to believe in it, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, in addition to the value of the contract that I was able to generate for the client, which was enormous, yeah. we sold this property very, very well. It's a very unusual, beautiful commercial building, 10,000 oh. square foot. And Very beautiful building. I've been in there. Oh, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. The the owner bought the building for I think seven or eight hundred thousand dollars a few years ago. Wow. And did a massive renovation in the building. Just a gorgeous exterior and interior renovation. There's really nothing like it in the whole it city. It really is. I, I agree with that. So how do you value that building? Because obviously commercial buildings are typically valued based on the income that they generate. Right. But there are other factors that go into evaluation like that, such as the condition and the improvements and the renovations. Mm-hmm. 
if this property was sitting here right next to an identical property that had not been renovated to the tune of three, four, mm-hmm. five, six hundred thousand in renovations, but they bring in the same rent, are they still worth the same? No. No. They're not. Because you have to account for the condition when you adjust the cap rate, the capitalization rate value. Mm-hmm. In other words, even if two properties bring in the same amount of money, one property uh, a buyer may pay more for one of the two properties because of the condition, which means that the capitalization rate or the cap rate on that property is lower, mm-hmm. makes the value higher. Now, would you also put in uh, include the amenities in the building as well? Sure, certainly. The condition, the amenities, the improvements, all the, all the factors that in, that increase appeal of the building. Right. Now, how did I get connected with this seller? It's a very interesting story. First mm-hmm. and foremost, I was referred to the seller by one of the employees who happens to be a person in my sphere of influence. Oh, awesome. So I got an opportunity through a referral from a raving fan. Yeah. Isn't that great? So I did my listing appointment. I went over to the building. I introduced myself and we got to know the seller a little bit, got built some rapport. And I really, it was a very interesting interview for me. I want you to imagine this guys. My average sale price is probably in the two to $300,000 range. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting across the table from a professional gentleman who I don't know, who doesn't know me who only knows me through a referral from somebody he trusts and he's interviewing me as well as some other commercial specialists and trying to decide who to, who to sell, who to list the property with. Remember, I am a real estate residential real estate broker. Mm -hmm. I don't do a lot of commercial. I'm not a commercial expert by any means. And he's interviewing myself as an afterthought almost because he's already interviewing commercial brokers that are specializing in commercial real estate. Right. I'm already at a huge disadvantage. So how do I earn that listing opportunity? What do I do? What do you think? What do I think? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, you gotta, well, let's talk about it. I, I don't know. You have plan. to be, you have to build rapport somehow and show him some sort of, uh, expertise in, in what you, what you're doing. Here's what I did. <laughs> I sat down with him. I said, look, this is a beautiful building. Mm-hmm. I can sell the heck out of it. I have no doubt in my mind. I can sell this building for you and I can get you top dollar. And he says, well, Tell me more. What's your experience in commercial real estate? And I said, well, I'll be honest with you. I hardly have any. And you should see him. He went, oh, geez, what am I doing with this guy? Mm -hmm. But then I followed up and I said, I know how to sell things. And that's what you need here. Mm -hmm. I know how to sell real estate. Well, that's what I was saying, expertise. Yes. You're an expert at selling things. I overcame the objection of not having expertise in commercial real estate by highlighting my ability and my confidence in my ability to market and sell my ability to negotiate. I said, at some point in this transaction, we're going to get interest from a buyer. We might even get interest from two buyers at the same time. When we're in that situation, you're not going to care how much expertise I have in commercial real estate because you're going to have a professional skillfully negotiating and driving maximum value and representing you in a very, very high level. So anything that I lack in, in the experience of, of commercial real estate transactions doesn't matter because I have you. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows this building better than you do. You and I are going to build a beautiful marketing campaign. We're going to put all the information that our buyers need to know into a, into the marketing package. So we're going to eliminate and minimize a lot of the questions that I would need to know from you anyway because we're going to package them professionally. And then, of course, if a question comes in about the Cat5 wiring or the triple net lease or the, you know, Mm -hmm. all the things that I don't necessarily know everything about, I'm just going to call you and you'll support me, right? He says, yeah, of course I would. I said, great. I got the rest handled. I know how to market this property. I know how to generate the buyers that we need. 
I know how to put it in the local marketing. I also know how to put it in the internet, the national marketing, the loop net, mm-hmm. the co-star, the other places that it needs to be. And to be honest with you, we don't know the value of this property because it's very, very difficult to, to analyze because there's not a lot of comparables. So we're going to put a number out and we're going to see what happens. And we're going to be patient because I can tell that you want to get max value and you're willing to wait for it. I'm willing to wait for it too. I'm willing to do a nine or a 12 month listing if we need to, because mm-hmm. I've dealt with you before through as the other side of the transaction. I've, I knew the guy through that third party way and I knew he wasn't going to be wait. He wasn't going to be dropping his price. Mm-hmm. So I said, I respect that. And I'm willing to invest the time that it will take to get the price that you're looking for into this deal. I don't mind doing that. Mm-hmm. He was kind of blown away to be honest with you. We had a great conversation. And he said, Logan, thank you for your time. Thank you for your interest. I need to conduct the rest of my interviews to make a decision. I said, great. I understand that. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. I'm going to start taking initiative, assuming that you're going to be calling me back because I want to be the one that handles this for you. And I mean that it's important to me. The decision obviously is up to you, but I want you to know that I want to be the one that handles this, the sale for you. And I will not let you down. Mm-hmm. And I, I closed with that. I said, I will not let you down as I looked in his eyes and I meant it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys, gals, when you're, when you're in a competitive listing environment, when you're trying to sell yourself and you're trying to differentiate yourself from other people who in theory or in reality have more expertise than you do, which if you're brand new, that's everybody, mm-hmm. you have got to convey confidence. That's all you really have. You have to look the seller in the eye and say, I want to be the one that handles this for you. And I will not let you down. And you will not regret hiring me. I guarantee it. Mm -hmm. That's how you, that's how you build yourself up into a viable candidate for the seller to select using you despite your lack of experience. So when you have lack of experience, you have to overcome that with some confidence and you have to have at least a baseline of a value proposition. So I told him, I said, look, I'm going to market it here. I'm going to market it there. I'm going to market it here. And then I'm going to rely on the feedback and the, and the showing traffic and the interest. And then when we generate activity, that's what I'm going to take over. And I'm going to represent you ethically and honestly mm-hmm. and skillfully. And so when those conversations are going on that you're not privy to between myself and the buyer's agents, mm-hmm you're going to be treated and represented correctly mm-hmm. by somebody who understands what he's doing and is going to leverage the situation to maximize your position. So that's what I leaned on. Now he took a couple of days, went back around, went back around, called me back. Uh, I think another thing I did tell him was I said, I offered to run some numbers with him in more detail. Mm-hmm. That's, that was another thing I failed to mention. I said, look, regardless of what you decide, we should spend some time at the office. We should run numbers. I'll show you comps. I'll show you what I think the property is worth most likely and mm-hmm. why, because we are in an unusual situation where it's not cut and dry as to what this thing will be worth. So we need to be a little bit more analytical and go a little deeper on looking at comparable sales and making adjustments and then trying to go from there. Mm-hmm. Regardless of who you hire, this is something that you should do. And I'm, I'm happy to do that with you. I'd like to do that with you. I think it will be a good exercise. If nothing else, you'll get another perspective to make a good decision when you decide, you know, to move forward. Mm -hmm. You'll notice there, what I said, what I didn't say was if you hire somebody else, did you notice how that didn't come into the mix? I said, either way, you'll have some perspective from an expert. You know, you'll have another perspective to help you make your decisions. Mm -hmm. That's a very important little wrinkle. Did you catch that? Yeah. Do not, you will never hear me say if you hire somebody else, 
if you don't decide to hire if you don't decide to hire me because you're showing doubt a little bit exactly don't show doubt never show doubt to your client now what i mean by that is i don't mean be arrogant or be condescending or be overly confident what i mean is when you're conveying this message hey look let's get together run some comps if nothing else it'll give you another perspective to analyze as you're making your decisions it's you're you're more acting as an advisor role yes right versus trying to get that listing and acknowledging uh others out there and then again showing that doubt like oh in case you you know choose someone else you're just more like here's the information for you so you can make again an informed and confident decision exactly never ever ever insert doubt into the conversation Mm -hmm. about whether the, the client will hire you some people do it because they think they're being they're, they're building trust or they right. think they're being humble, but is counterproductive in 100% of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can convey the message that you're trying to convey in right. a respectful way, humble way, without inserting the doubt. And that's the difference. Mm-hmm. All right. So he comes back in, we schedule a meeting and we run comps and the comp meeting turns into a second interview. And he says, you know, Logan, uh, I've interviewed some other people and, uh, you know, you're clearly not the most expert at, at commercial, but I have the best feeling about you. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I appreciate that. And let me show you some comps. And, and I think that you'll feel comfortable with my ability to analyze and understand this, this dynamic and this mark, this sub market. Let's go through it. Let's just go through it. Went through it. Ran some comps, found some comps. He didn't know about, showed him some adjustments, showed him my, my logic of how I got to the range yep. of the value that I thought his property was worth. And then by then it was over. So that's another tip for the modern agents. You need to be able to run a CMA in front of your clients and look professional. Mm-hmm. If you can't, you need to stop the podcast, close, turn your phone off and go learn how to run CMAs and learn how to understand how to calculate market value and be able to do it under pressure. In fact, right after this conversation, I'm going to run upstairs and I'm going to do a Zoom CMA consultation with a client and I'm very comfortable. I'm not in a, I'm not nervous or, or, or uptight. I haven't prepared for it as much as I should have because I know I can just do it on the mm-hmm. fly. Can you do a CMA on the fly? Obviously it's better to prepare and be ready and do one right. ahead of time than start over. But you should be able to run a CMA without any preparation mm-hmm. in front of a client and be successful. Now in this particular scenario, I did a lot of research ahead of time. In fact, I had 10 comps laid out on a spreadsheet. I had their average dollar per square foot sale price. I had Mm -hmm. adjustments. I had a recency of sales. So the sale dates, I highlighted the ones that I thought were most comparable Mm -hmm. and I highlighted the ones that I thought were least comparable. I had a very in-depth presentation ready to go. Mm -hmm. That's another point. Seller comes in, he's trying to make a decision on who to pay to do this. And he walks into my office and he's got a presentation ready to go. He can tell I've done my research. I've done my homework. Yeah. I, I bet you I probably only one that went that deep. Okay. Cause most of your competition just won't take, won't take initiative like that. So right. you as the modern agent should be doing that. And then eventually he, uh, they decided to hire me and I was thrilled. Yeah. It was great. And, uh, he said, what do we do for commission? And I said, well, our commercial commit, our commission rate is typically 8% of the sale price. And he said that, that feels a little high. And I say, I know. I know. Now, one of the things I noticed too, and another thing that I did, mm-hmm. I noticed that he had gotten the same quotes from the other people, which I could just read that by talking to him. 
another thing I did was I printed out and I was ready for this. Okay, this is another thing. I was ready for the commission objection because I knew it was coming because okay. it's a really, really high priced listing and it's yep. a very expensive commission. Mm -hmm. So you have to be ready and assume that that commission objection is coming because it probably is. So one of the things that I did was I printed out five or six active comps and I highlighted the commissions on those because you can see okay. those from the agents. Mm -hmm. And I showed them 10%, 9%, 8%, 6%. There were, there were a ton of listings at the 8% range. Mm -hmm. So it validated to him that that's what things cost in this particular submarket. So what I said was, look, this is what the commissions are. I'm going to do a great job. It looks like you're most likely going to be paying this to whoever you hire. Mm -hmm. And... I'm going to do a great job for it. And he says, well, I'm, you know, I'm loose. I'm used to paying six on my residential stuff. Mm -hmm. I said, I tell you what, I'll meet you in the middle and I'll do seven. And he says, sounds good. So now he got what he feels was a discount. Mm -hmm. I feel I got what I'm very comfortable with. Right. And I also, before I closed on that, I said, look, another thing that makes me different than a lot of commercial brokers. This is another thing that helped drive it home. Uh huh is I will cooperate with everybody in the market. Now, that might be a given for most of you listening, but in commercial real estate, it's not always the case. No, it's not. They don't always share commissions or, or cooperate commissions. Mm -hmm. out. So what I told the seller was, I said, look, you know, the commission is a lot, I get that, but I'm gonna take half of that and I'm gonna offer it out to the entire market. I am not going to do what some of the people that you probably interviewed are most likely to do, which is to try to hold on and hoard this listing. Mm -hmm. and not work with anybody else and wait till somebody comes directly to them so they can make more money. Now I said, look, that's just the nature of human nature, but that's not what I'm going to do. I, I, I broker our company brokers a thousand deals per year. And, and on all thousand of those, we offer out commissions to the competing agents that bring us a buyer. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to do for you, which is going to increase the, the chances of us reaching the maximum potential buyer database. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I'm not concerned about getting both sides of the commission. I'm concerned about selling the property for the most I can. So you feel good about how I did and you tell everybody and da, 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 da. And he was really blown away by that because I think that made me a little different. Yeah. So what's the, the lesson there is look at what, what you can do or how you can articulate a, a difference between you and your competitors that adds value to the seller. And then when I did, when I, when he said, I said eight and he said six and I said, okay, meet at seven and we shook hands. We were both really happy with that mm -hmm. and it went really well. Okay. So now we get it listed. Beautiful photography, beautiful video. Be you know, he's, the building is, sells itself, but he gave yeah. me a bunch of photos. He had professional photos and I built a layout of the, of the we, had, we had a layout of the, the two floors and mm -hmm. we had a beautiful constructed listing with a lot of information that was needed. Uh -huh. And then I spent several hundred dollars on LoopNet, CoStar and all those other national syndicating websites. And it took us about three months mm -hmm. because we were on the high end of the range. But when that buyer started to show some interest, and I picked up a buyer that started to show some interest. Uh -huh. That's when I earned my commission. There you go. And I did because I, one of the buyers was working with another agent. One of the buyers was working with me. I was able to leverage the, uh, interest from both buyers to generate a really good offer and a really good counter. The second buyer wasn't able to do what the first buyer was doing. And long story short, the first buyer made a fantastic offer and the seller very happy. Then we went through inspection, dealt with the inspection issues, pretty minor. I picked up the tab. Oh, nice. On some things and 
help to minimize the requests, mm-hmm. just like I do in a normal residential transaction. Yeah. Moved on to the appraisal. I helped to facilitate the appraisal. It took 30 days to get it back because the appraiser kept asking for more and more information, which I generated, and the yeah. other agent worked with me to help generate. Uh, we helped them to negotiate a post-closing occupancy lease for the okay. seller. So the seller was able to keep his business there for a couple months while he transitioned into a new building. Okay. And we got the loan done on schedule. Nice. On the closing day, I got a nice handshake and a, and a, and a grateful, you know, thank you from the seller. And he never had any problem paying what he paid for us to sell the property. Yeah. And that's how I know I did a great job because I never once felt as though he didn't see the value in what he paid to, to have us sell that property. Yeah. For him. So I'm very, very grateful for that. And obviously it's a huge commission and it's a very exciting sale for me personally and for our brokerage and for the, you know, the reputation of moving forward. Cause now I have a anecdotal story I can tell anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Say, look, I was trusted with a $1.5 million building and I sold it and I closed it and my client was happy and he'd use me again. And that's what I'm going to do for you. So when you get to the point where you have some success like this, you want to leverage that with your next clients anecdotally. Mm-hmm. Also, another thing you'll notice is I put it out on social media. I promoted the fact that I closed that transaction. So I want everybody to know that not because I'm showing off because I want to demonstrate my expertise. Yeah. And that's what social media promotion can do in a situation like this. I was very quiet about it mm-hmm. until it closed because the seller is very pers- uh, private person, doesn't want his business yeah, being interrupted. But when it was over, he doesn't care anymore. So now I get to go and show everybody the success. Yeah. That's the last point of this conversation that I want to drive home. When you are successful as an agent, it is, it's critically important that you promote the success, not to be arrogant and to show off, but so that other people can see the success and they can start to, they can connect success with you in terms of real estate transactions. Exactly. That's what you want to be doing so that in the next situation where somebody that's in your sphere of influence or somebody who's in your sphere who knows somebody else like this guy, yeah, yeah. they think of you and they, they tell that person, Hey, give Logan a try because I saw him sell a big piece of real yeah. estate down the road. I think he could probably help us too. Go get him. Go get him. <laughs>